So guys, I'm here with uh, Graham Mertz, now All-American quarterback from Bouvine North, Bouvine North, I almost said Bouvine Northwest. Um, well, just first off, how does it feel, man? Feels great. Feels great. Dream come true. Oh, I figured that much. You got, um, now you're in the likes of, like you said, Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. um, you know, Odell Beckham, Reggie Bush, you know, a lot of... I don't know. Great is an accurate yeah. is a good enough description for them. But you know, a lot of great players have come from this. Um, where do you hope to be down the road? Uh, goals in NFL. So I'm going to do anything I can do to get there. And uh, I feel like Wisconsin is a great place to develop me. The quarterback I need to be to get there. Speaking of Wisconsin, so you're going to Wisconsin, and you had a ton of offers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking SEC schools, obviously Kansas. Um, a lot of great places with a lot of great coaches. Mm-hmm. Ohio State was among that list. Um, I know now Urban Meyer is probably yep. isn't going to be there next year. But when they're recruiting you, like you have a choice with a ton of great coaches that can turn you into a really great quarterback. What made Paul Chris and that staff um, feel like it was the right choice for you? Yeah, just from the start. Uh, they were my second offer, fell in love with it, and they just told me from the start, perfect fit for them, and they thought it would be a perfect fit for me. So went up there, visited, and I just loved it. And then uh, obviously it's it's pretty flattering you get a call from Nick Saban and Urban Meyer and all the big names, but uh, I just I feel like our relationship with – uh, Coach Bud Meyer, Coach Chris, and myself. I feel like it's a great one. Our trust is insane in each other, and uh, I think that'll help us a lot in the, in the long run. Yeah, say, so yeah, you, then to be in the number four pro style quarterback in the country, mm-hmm. you're probably their best recruit that they've had in a long time, mm-hmm. and probably the best quarterback, at least true you know, pocket passing quarterback mm-hmm. they've had since Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And even then, he was kind of a scrambler. Yeah. Um, is there any kind of pressure to, you know, fill it? fulfill yourself up to that number four ranking and being you know considered one of the better recruits they've had in a long time not really pressure i'm just i'm excited it's the it's the sport i love it's the game i love and uh i'm just excited to have another four more four more guaranteed years of it so i'm, I'm excited to get after to start grinding um and you're an early enrollee which is nowadays it's really huge for quarterbacks because you get in early um most notably Jake Fromm, mm-hmm. he got in. He was an early enrollee. Justin Fields was an early enrollee. And those are just to, to name a couple. I'm pretty sure Trevor Lawrence was an yeah. early enrollee. Um, being an early enrollee, it means like you get you get to get there early. You get to mm-hmm. learn the plays. How much advantage do you think that's going to give you um, going into next season trying to win a uh, starting job? Yeah, it will help a ton. Uh, just getting familiar with the playbook and everything with that and then just setting yourself up to compete. That's the, that's the main thing with going in early. I think that will help me compete the most. Well, congratulations. Um, we'll be watching you, and we'll we'll watch you the All American game, and I will definitely be watching you at Wisconsin because I am a big fan of Paul Chris. To deal, be honest, deal. So, sounds good. Uh, you have a good Thank one. you. Appreciate it. Thanks no for coming. All right, yo. So we're here live right now. Got myself a special guest on the uh, on the show. My man Trey Lyday. Trey, what's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Not much, bro. What's up, Christian? <laughs> just trying to get over the suffering of actually it's not even the suffering like we lose one game we're 11 and 3 we lose one game for like the first time in, since we lost the Rams and all of a sudden the sky is falling like I don't get it I don't I literally don't get Chiefs fans I don't you could be 6 and 7 though okay I'm, could, I'm just saying Alex, exactly this team with Alex Smith doesn't we're not we're not in the, we're not near in the position we're in now but there's a quarterback in the schedule we've played so and diving on Alex Smith he's just not Patrick Mahomes. Dude, and, and I got to say, man, he's impressed me more than I think any other quarterback that's come out in any draft class. I mean, 
like I just said, I said on my show for the for the pre-show, like he's ambidextrous. He can do everything with the ball. He can pass left-handed, no look passes. I've never seen that in the NFL in my life, man. And the fact that he's able to do all that, it, it's just it's insane. He's literally put this team on his back. But the defense, I think, is hindering his – I think it's kind of holding him back a little bit. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, Patrick Mahomes played football at Texas Tech with literally no defense in the Big 12. So True. what's happening now is, isn't anything new to him. So I think, I think it's funny, too, because it's like – Everybody wants to like. Everybody wants to like. We look. We all look at the players. Like when we watch football games, you look at the players and what's on the field. But yeah. you have to realize the four days, or in this case, three days leading the game. It's all. It's a lot of it's dependent on coaching. And let's face it, Bob Sutton does not put our defense in the greatest of situations ever. And so, like as much as he he asks the linebackers to do a ton, he asks our safeties to do a ton. He has so many people to do so much stuff, and then when he doesn't coach it properly and it shows up on the field that they're, they either, A, don't get it, or they don't know what they're doing, it falls it's, to the fans, it's on them. But, I mean, if you really look at it, like, you got to coach it better. Like, it's it's got to be better coaching. That's why, that's, that's why the corners have been good enough. Corners have been good enough all season. Yeah. Safeties and linebackers have been absolute hot garbage because they're being asked – they're being asked to play outside their limitations for one in the terms of safeties. And two, you're not coaching what you want to do properly. It's that's basically what it comes down to. We see what's on the field, but we don't think like, well, most of everything that happens leading up to the game is coaching. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. I, I've always been quizzical of Bob Sutton and looking at the way he coaches it, it. It reminds me a little bit when the Eagles had Billy Davis and it's like, he never put them in a position to, to really succeed. Like, they're playing in a 3-4, but they need, to be, they need to be playing in a 4-3. Sutton, to me, I, I just think, man, I don't understand what he does. Like, like we'll talk about tonight, for instance, man. I mean, that's what the, the show is about. But, I mean, you got a guy like Mike Williams. Like, was he, do you think he wasn't prepared for Mike Williams to come out and do what he did tonight? I mean, what do you think it was? I think what happened, a lot of what happened with Mike Williams was the fact that Keenan Allen got hurt. Because... Kid Mike Williams has been good, but he barely played last year, and so he's like he's still trying to figure it out. Yeah, you no, know, he's like he's a, he's a ridiculous talent, but at the same time, as far as the game of football, he's still trying to figure it all out. But when Keenan Allen gets hurt, and you basically coached up all week that Keenan Allen's the one guy that's going to kill us because they don't have Melvin Gore, they don't have Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen's the one guy that can kill us, and he gets hurt, and then it's like I don't really know. I kind of don't know what to do with Mike Williams. Yeah, I think. I don't, yeah, I don't think they were prepared, they were prepared for that at all, and especially and again, I I've never liked Orlando Scandrick. <laughs> I've never liked him at all, man. So like when people came to me, they said, "Well, we got we got a veteran a veteran nickel." I'm like, "Who? Who'd they get?" I see Orlando Scandrick. I'm like, "Oh, dude, I know this dude all too well, man." Like Orlando Scandrick was good enough. He was good enough for twelve weeks, and <laughs> he was good enough for twelve weeks, almost twelve weeks or whatever. But then like. I feel like he's just – I feel like it really is just – he's just getting, like, heavy legs. He's he's old. Like, let's face it, he's, what, 34, 35? Yeah, he's, he's getting, getting old. There, he's getting old and we're in week – well, we just started week 15. He's got heavy legs. Uh, hopefully he can – hopefully this 10 days will help him out, help him get him recharged. But, I mean, let, 
that's that's really what's come down to for Skandrick because like I said, he was good enough for 10, 12, 10, 11, 12 weeks. Yeah. But now we're in week fifteen and he's just starting to get heavy legs because you know, Father Time is undefeated. Well, so far, I mean, when you have science and things like that, man, I mean, I'm not sure if the Chiefs are really delving deep into that, but I don't know. I, I just think that tonight, like, and the reason why I didn't, I didn't make my pick to troll. Like, I, I looked at it as far as the Chargers are a team that I felt like are, uh, they're a little more balanced. I think that Mahomes, while the defense depends on Mahomes, I think this is the first time in Phillip Rivers' career ever where he's had a good balance. And knock on wood, I did say, I said, well, this will be the first game where he can keep Keenan Allen. Well, now he's out with a hip injury. You know, we don't know what, what it is, but I think that this was kind of the night for Phillip Rivers. Although he did do a lot of he, – he, he still does a lot of things where I'm like, dude, like, why would, like the throws that he makes sometimes, I, I, I really don't understand why he does it. Um, but Anthony Lynn, I mean, he had balls tonight, man. He decided he was going to go for two. Because I think if it would have went to OT, Casey would have won that game, man. Phillip Rivers didn't want no part of that. Uh-uh. I mean, in Philip Rivers' case, like, this is legitimately the first time. The part of the reason the Chiefs have beaten the Chargers nine consecutive times was because the Chargers could never get out of their own way. They, yeah. for, since, since, since this streak started, the Chargers have never been able to get out of their own way. And that didn't even matter if they were playing Casey or not. They had never right. been able to get out of their own way. But now they've – the breaks are starting to go for them. Like you saw in the Pittsburgh game. They had the t- the tip ball that Keenan Allen caught for a touchdown. That's a pick. They get the false yeah. start. They would have got that false start called on him, even though it should have been called regardless. But uh, that block in the back on the punt return against Pittsburgh, that would have been called. Like those kind of things. Like that start everything's starting to break their way now. Yeah, and and I, and at first I kind of thought to myself, so I'm, I'm looking at the the very last part of the game. And so the the, the offensive pi man, what'd you think about that man? I mean, did you think it was pi? I mean, what? Pulling the Mike Williams touchdown? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. And now I know that as a corner, you so you can engage the receiver within a certain amount of yardage. Now, his hands, and I only know this because it's Orlando Scandrick, man, but his hands, whenever he's getting beat, he gets a little touchy and grabby a little bit. So they didn't call that. But they Every corner been- in the NFL, every corner in the NFL, if they get beat, they're going to start grabbing people. Yeah, but with Skandrick, man, it's like a sporadic thing. Like, I've never seen, like, when Darrell Rivas is beat. The problem with Dur- the problem with Skandrick is you're right. Like, he grabs when he doesn't need to grab. No, not at all. Dude, like, and, and, like, he – Williams was turning to pivot. So, you see his hands just go, like, just, like, clinch. And I'm like, oh, there it is right there. He was going to get beat regardless, man. I mean, in that situation, why would you not try to, like, bracket the receiver or at least have some help on that particular play? I mean, what, what do you think – what was Bob Sutton trying to do, man? Uh, basically, Bob's done what he's always done. I mean, <laughs> like, we know at this point, Bob Sutton's been the offensive coordinator since Andy Reid got there in 2013. Like, we know the Chiefs are going to play man-to-man coverage. So, right. when they run out – see, this is, like, another thing, like, when I'm shocked. Like, when the Chiefs run out and go do man-to-man – run man-to-man coverage and it doesn't work, but you're shocked that they're in man-to-man coverage, like, I don't get how you can be shocked because we've been doing this since 2013. This is what they do. I mean, I have – we've had the issue of you don't have the personnel to do it, but that's mean, we've – this is, this is uh, what, five years now. They've, this is five years. They're going to run man-to-man coverage. It's that simple. I think it helps because uh, the Chiefs' fast rush can get the job done. And I got to say, dude, they, they, I didn't know this, but Chris Jones is from Mississippi State, right? I think that's where he's from. 
And uh, I was thinking tonight when I was watching him, I'm like, yo, he reminds me of somebody. Like, he plays a lot like Fletcher Cox, man. Yeah, I think he's a little bit taller, but he's going to be a beast, man. I mean, I, you, if you can at least create some sort of a pass rush around him, I'm not sure what they're going to do next year for linebackers. But I really like Chris Jones, man. Like, he, he's, he's a goofball, but I think he's good, man. Chris Jones has basically turned himself into, like, the most unblockable. Aaron Donald in the NFL and it's I'm not even kidding like he's turned himself into somebody that like you have to double team him the Chargers but he was had Phillip Rivers running for his life the entire first half and through the third (laughs) quarter and the Chargers like eventually were like we have to double team him like because we can't block him one-on-one like we they they sold out they sold out to double team Chris Jones on the final two drives again the the touchdown to go to make a seven-point game and a game-time touchdown. Like, they sold out. They were like, Chris Jones is not going to wreck this for us because he had Chris Phillip Rivers running for his life all night. Oh, and, now he, and now the season Chris Jones have, he's going to get paid. I don't know if he's going to get Aaron Donald money, but, like, he's going to get paid. You might as well – if I were the Chiefs, this is uh, the guys on the air pride, they were talking about this. It's like, if I was the Chiefs, I'd just let him play the next year out and just tag him after that, pay D4 or whatever, whoever you're going to pay, and just tag Chris Jones after next year. Yeah, I like what they see did if he with, can do it again. I think he can. And I like what they did with D Ford, man. I think a lot of pressure was on him to kind of be this unstoppable pass rush guy. But what they did with him tonight, and I can't remember who he was lined up against, but they had him in a in a nine technique and they had him crashing down, man. And like I, who was it? Not DJ Fluker, whoever the tackle was, couldn't get to him, man. Like he's just so quick. And I like how they're using him in, in certain fast situations. Um, which I thought he was going to be a bust, you know, but I think he was kind of playing a little out of position. But I, I, was, I was thoroughly impressed, though. I think the defense did what they could. Uh, but Bob Sutton, man, once again, it's a chess match. And I, is it, is, is it, who's the, uh, the OC for the uh, Chargers? Is it – was it not? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not Ken Wizenheim. I cannot. I can't remember. <laughs> off the top of my head. It looked like Ken Wizenhunt to me. That's why I was like, oh, I didn't know he was still. But I think he's coaching somewhere else. No, it is but, Ken Wizenhunt. I like Oh, it is? Oh. Ken Wizenhunt left and then he came back. Yeah, no, but it, he took a college job mm-hmm. somewhere. I can't remember where. He, was out, he was out in Arizona for a little while and then he came Oh, back. yeah, that's right. That's right. Definitely forgot about that. I, yeah, th- th- this game was uh, really something. And I, I was also thinking to myself that Phillip Rivers – has a very punchable face. Uh, God. <laughs> as punchable as it gets, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> Look, I can't stand okay. Phillip. <laughs> he, when he – Look, who was it? I don't know who number 44 is, man. But when he got on his knees – Well, when Dorian and Dana, <laughs> like, honestly, they should have been a penalty. They probably should have. But, I mean, obviously – Look, <laughs> yo, dude took his helmet off. Like <laughs> – in the middle, of it, he took his helmet off. I'm like, and they made him. Anthony Lim was like, "Yo, go!" Like, what? Because he threw a temper tantrum, man. Like, I, I got to say, I, I love his competitiveness, man. But dude, he's such a. I thought LeBron was a bad flopper, man. But he's a horrible campaigner for trying to get a call. Yeah, he campaigns hard. It's harder <laughs> to campaign. For, I'm gonna say it's harder to campaign for calls in the NFL than it is the NBA. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil yeah. Rivers tries. He tries so, really hard. Well, the refs weren't even trying to hear that. They're just – they're trying to move past. You see Rivers stepping in, his, in their way. Like, 
<laughs> and the dude's like, and the ref's trying to go around him to get to the other ref. And I'm like, like uh, can I get a call? No. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it probably should have been a penalty, but purely Chiefs fan I am, I'll take the oh. no call. Yeah, yeah. I, I, now the, the defensive pass interference yeah, called no, the fuller right after that. Now that was a little that that yeah. I was not happy about. All Kendall Fuller did was kind of slap his arm. Yeah, yeah. He didn't keep Mike Will because you notice as Mike Williams was going up, he never it never kept him from coming down. Like he was still going up as Kendall Fuller's hand slapped him. So it was it was bizarre, man. That, that I, I the think makeup the rest- call was worse than the actual no call. Like, God. God. Look, they there had it out to you guys. times, they're like, the Chargers, part of the reason, like, the Chargers, like, were able to hang around, they had multiple, they had a, a few uh, breaks as far as the calls that just, like, kept driving alive. They had the, the holding call on Daniel Sorensen, that was a third down. He kept their drive alive. Yeah, which yeah. I thought you should have caught that. It was like, it was a pick six. To begin with, you should have caught it. You should have took it to the house. And then they called a holding call, and it's like, where do you see it? Like, where, where are you seeing this? And I didn't had, see it. You had the defensive pass interference called it like, uh, that's about as suspect as it gets. And you could, they, could have, they could have called offensive pass interference on the game-winning touchdown. But, I mean, I'm all for letting it play out. So, I guess mm-hmm. I'm not going to gripe on that one because I'm all for letting them play out, especially in – like the like the last basically the last play of the game. I'm all for it, but I mean, like the Chargers, they had a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the refs, and you notice. I mean, I'm not trying to be all conspiracy, man, but they made a big emphasis on Rivers on this being like the only chance he's got to win a, a championship. Like they said, he's got all the numbers. <laughs> and I noticed that. Like they like they they kept saying. The minute that I heard that, like, uh, who was Joe Buck? Of course, Joe Buck loves to point out the obvious. I love Joe Buck. But he's like, uh, since 2004 now, he's had the intangibles. It's just all he needs is a ring. And then, boom, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think they're going to try to give him this game somehow. Somehow, some way, they're going to let him sign off because you let these two other idiots and Big Ben and Eli Manning both got rings. And you don't even have one. So I think they're going to try to campaign to get him a ring this year. Uh, if Philip Rivers can get out of his own way, then I don't. <laughs> no, that's impossible, man. That's that. That's like asking a a, a lion to not it's, eat zebra. It's it's funny too, because like he still threw like two egregious interceptions. <laughs> what was the one? Okay, so the one in the end zone, because I watched the I watched his post game. He's like, oh, I, you know, but sometimes you know, I just threw I threw the ball out there, and I'm like, dude. You have no business throwing the football. His deep ball accuracy has been atrocious uh, as he's gotten older. And the fact that he throws sidearm, and you would think as though, like, he's – whether he's throwing the, mid, the, the middle ball or – sorry, if he's throwing like, to a middle route or a deep ball or a fade, I think he looks like he's, like, throwing a shot put. Like, I think that's terrible. <laughs> Phil Rivers has always been a shot put thrower. But uh... – <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to assume he was trying to yep. throw that ball away. The one he threw in the end zone. I'm gonna assume he's trying to throw it away, but he just never. He just didn't get it far enough out. Either way, either way, you know what I want to say. If you're gonna throw it away, you might as well just launch it five rows deep, just to be safe. Ah, uh, yeah. I, sometimes I never know what he's thinking, man. I, I just. He, he did say uh, after. Oh, I think he cussed a little bit. I think they got him in slow motion saying something. And he's supposed to be a religious man. I'm like, dude, I always – Rivers don't cuss. He's always like, dag nabbit or like, uh, gosh darn it. I think he said 
God damn it. I really think, oh, no, 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 no. He said, God damn. When Mahomes, look, and then look. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I know that. I know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, when, when Mahomes, like, sidearmed it, and the dude, Adrian Phillips, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was doing, but, like, he sidearmed it, and he was turning, and he threw it. And Phillip Rivers was like, oh, God damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, he's like, God. So that's when he knew they were in for a fight, man. But so, yeah, well, I guess we'll get off the Chargers for a minute, man. I mean, because, you know, I mean, it's whatever. I think they're going to choke in the playoffs at some point. It happens. But what do you think Patrick Mahomes means to this offense now? I mean, you lose Kareem Hunt to stupidity, basically, on his part. Do you think that he's really the, the, the key piece, the final – I mean, obviously, he's the piece to – to build around, but I mean, I noticed the difference that he's made with the offense. Losing Tyreek, not losing Tyreek Hill, but he wasn't the same guy tonight, man. I mean, and I just think that he's such a special piece, and I, I'm envious because, like I said, Wins is out with a vertebrae break. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can uh, cue the uh, cue the uh, Undertaker dong That's anytime. Right. Yeah, it's a very sad, but I, I do think that he's a big impact. But I mean, what are your impressions of Mahomes so far? I mean, I know you're a big fan, so. What do you think about him? Uh, this dude does things that literally no other quarterback can do. The touchdown he threw to Demarcus Robinson. Um, Aaron Rodgers is probably the only quarterback that can make that throw. Like, he literally, like, it was like the defender wasn't even tackling him when he threw it. It's like it didn't even phase him. And then he had the play earlier in that same drive where he ran backwards like 15 yards, came back up, threw a strike to Dar- uh, Damian Williams for a first down. On the third down, it's like he can like I don't even I don't know how you can continue to impress everybody when you've done like you they throw no look throws you had the fourth and nine evil and against the Ravens like you did you put up all those numbers against Rams like but it literally every single week he like does something that's like holy shit and it, yeah and I think that the I, I, one thing I've noticed with him is that Andy Reid is always by his side. At all times. When he's on the sideline, he's always by his side. Yo, he never did that with McNabb, man. Like, he just kind of let McNabb go out there and just do whatever. He was like, okay, fine. Go. Because it's like, I talked about this in one of the last podcast episode. And uh, Lewis Riddick talks about it a lot because Lewis Riddick, he works for XP and he works with Andy Reid. Yeah. And Lewis Riddick talks about Andy Reid. He's like, Andy Reid is one of the few coaches that, like, totally gets it when it comes to coaching a quarterback. Like, when – like the part, like the biggest thing when Andy Reid teaches him, it's like, can I get my quarterback? Can I install a play? Can I teach it? Can I rep it over and over again? Go to the film, look at it, tell my quarterback what we're looking for, what we want, go on the field, rep it again, over and over again, and basically connect with each quarterback on their personal level and get the absolute most out of them. And like Lewis Riddick says, like Andy Reid is like the only coach that, like, really gets it when it comes to quarterbacks. That's why he's sitting next to Patrick Mahomes every single time. One, because Patrick Mahomes obviously is in his second year, so he's probably – there's things he hasn't seen before. But at the same time, like, that's just how Andy's wired. Like, he totally gets it when it comes to quarterbacks. And that's why they drafted Patrick Mahomes, because they saw – you saw all the stuff he did at Texas Tech. But then when if you can refine everything that he's got and you pair him with Andy Reid, now you're – now you're now you got something that's like that's something you need when it comes to the NFL and trying to win a Super Bowl because at, at this point, other than aside from the Eagles last year with Nick Foles, if you don't have a quarterback that can 
transcend your scheme, then you've got problems. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I've always respected about Andy Man. I think he was ran out of Philly a little too early. I think before he got fired, I think he could have stayed another year and developed something, man. And of course, when you have McNabb, never in a million years would I have thought that McNabb and Michael Vick would be on the same team. Like I never thought that. But what he did after he left was I, I thought I thought it was something amazing, man. He kind of revitalized his career. He is a quarterback whisperer. Like he doesn't get enough credit for it. Um, which is why even though the Eagles are basically out of playoff contention now, I, I am rooting for the Chiefs, man. I, I want them to and Andy needs a ring, man. Like for real, dude. Andy needs one. He needs, he needs one. a ring. He needs a ring at this point, or else he's gonna be the Charles Barkley of coaching. And I don't want He didn't that. put up with T.O.'s shit all that, that all that time he was in Philadelphia to not to retire without a ring. <laughs> dude. Nobody, nobody <laughs> on that team or in that in the organization or that was there during T.O.'s time didn't put up with all that shit to not get a ring. You know and what's funny about that, T.O. was only there for a year. I, I I thought as if he was there for like five. Like that's how long the saga went on. I'm man. You, that's how long it felt. <laughs> they probably dude. all aged five years. For real, dude. Like I really thought that he was there for like three years. I was I was telling him, I was like, yeah, he was there for. I was like, no, he was there for one year. I'm like, really? And then I look back, I'm like, yeah, he was there because it was only the season after that he started doing sit ups in his driveway, like for exactly. no reason. <laughs> like, it, it, and Andy Reid was just chill about it. He's just like, well, we're not, we're, well, next question. Or just the next question. Like, he. He kept doing that, man, and I got, I got the utmost respect for him, dude. Like when he when he came to the Chiefs, I'm like, I hope I run into him at Gage Barbecue or something. Like just, but I don't think he's gonna go there. Speaking of Gage Barbecue, what is what is the signing of Kevin Benjamin? What does that even what does that mean, man? He gives him a red a red zone threat. Part of part of what makes Andy so great is that he can turn the quick passing game into his running game. I don't True. think I don't think the Chiefs would have signed Sammy. I mean, Kevin Benjamin had they still had Kareem Hunt, but as big and physical as he is, like it's it's a, it, it it creates another what creates another quote unquote weapon for the Chiefs, especially in the, in the red, red zone. Yeah, because part of Kareem Hunt's like biggest ability was he was a red zone threat, not only running the ball but catching the ball as well. So, and they also had Sammy Watkins dealing with his foot injury too. So that also gives you another reason to sign him, but that's basically what he, that's basically what his role is to this team, especially because as as complicated as Andy's playbook is, he's not going to learn it in the four weeks he's going to be here. They just want him. We just need you to run a couple packages and we'll use you. We, it'll do the, Andy will do what he does best. He will get the most out of that player and what he does best. What does he do? I'm trying to figure out, man. I don't think he, he's good as a red zone threat. Kelvin has what you Kelvin have Kelvin has what you can't teach in that size. True. And in the NFL corners are there are no there are no six foot two. Well, there are some six foot two corners, but there are yeah. barely any six foot two, six foot one corners. They're all five ten, five eleven, six foot flat corners. Yeah. And Kelvin has what you can't teach, which is size. You saw the catch, the one catch he had today. It's because he's bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, he's he's huge, man. He's he's definitely huge. I, they need to make him a tight end. I think he'd be. He can't block, but he can I will learn. forever be. I like. I'm cool with Kelvin, like just being used as a resident target. But I will never get on 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 board with people that are just like 
Kelvin's going to be really good. He had 1,000 yards. Kelvin Benjamin also had a season where he had over 100 targets and couldn't crack 1,000 yards, which is essentially impossible to do. True. If you have 100-plus targets, you can't crack 1,000 yards. Like, that is painfully borderline impossible to do. Yeah, and that was one of his knocks coming out of college. I think he couldn't – he really couldn't get separation, but he was able to debo the ball out of your hands. Like, exactly. That's what I liked about him coming out of Florida State. And then all of a sudden he decides that he's going to uh, – I'm not sure if he ate – what he ate, but he couldn't keep up with his weight. He got a little lazy in the offseason. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Then he, lost, then he lost the weight, then he gained it all back. So – you know, it, it, I guess the signing kind of sort of makes sense, man. I mean, at this point, I think you could put Mahomes on any team in the NFL. You could put him on the Browns, dude. I think he do this almost the same thing with the Browns. Like, although he doesn't have speed guys, but, I mean, you have a possession guy in the Jarvis Landry who, in my opinion, is a better receiver than Odell overall. But Odell's just got that one catch from the New York Giants. So, and that's just what yeah, I think. You said man. that. You really said that. I, yeah, yeah, dude, look. <laughs> Okay, you take away the catch, the catch, right? Which was, by the way, they lost that game against the against the. Uh, they did Cowboys. lose that game. That catch put them up by that catch put them up fourteen to three, and they still lost that game. And they lost, right? They lost. So Actually, I mean, it was like seventeen to three after that catch, and they still lost that game. No, yeah, that was at no, that was at, at in New York. It was okay, in I'm, New York too, and they I'll still lost. I remember that, dude. Like, I just think that you take away that catch and. Like Odell is, he's come up small in a lot, in a lot of big time moments. But Jarvis Landry's never like been in a big time moment, like, and he won't be for a while. Uh, but I don't know. I just think that you put Mahomes anywhere. I think he can do, he can do the same thing. Now coming out of college, I thought the Chiefs were going to get Deshaun Watson. That's what I thought they were going to do. But they leapfrogged the Texans, right? And then they got Mahomes. Or something like that. I don't. I don't you you remember what happened? I don't, I'm not sure what, what so, they did. I mean, Brett Veach has been – the story has been, like, everybody knows the story. Like, Brett Veach has been on Mahomes since Mahomes was a sophomore for junior at Texas Tech. Like, Brett Veach has been on him since the beginning. And he – I guess he was texting Lewis Riddick or whatever and talking about Mahomes like, dude, this guy's legit. Because they get – because the guys up – the guys in the front office, they get practice tape. So they get the stuff that we don't see in practice. And go, right. Mahomes is doing all this shit in practice, and it's like, oh, my God. And the Chiefs, ever since they fired Scott Pioli, they have had probably some of the best talent evaluators in their front office. And when you, can, when you have good talent evaluators and they can identify great talent and you have guys like Patrick Mahomes, it's like Deshaun Watson's cool. He's good. I I have no problem with Deshaun Watson, but it's the it's Deshaun Watson's ceiling ceiling is not Patrick Mahomes' ceiling. And when you pair him, like I said, when you pair him with Andy Reid, who's the best quarterback coach in the NFL right now, agreed. You can tap into Mahomes' ceiling, which is greater than Deshaun Watson's, which is probably why they didn't take Deshaun Watson. Everybody leading up the draft, Chiefs fans are like we should take Nathan Peterman, we should take Deshaun Watson, we should do Mitch Ooh, Trubisky. They who said, said no. Nate Peterman? Who said Nate Peterman? Well, people like legitimately. <laughs> what part? Part of the part of it was because the Chiefs had the twenty sixth pick in the draft, and it's like, are all these quarterbacks going to fall to us? We didn't expect Ooh. to leap, leapfrog sixteen teams to get to number ten. But when you do it and you take Patrick Mahomes, it's like this is the right play. 
Because honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I watched Patrick Mahomes throughout his entire college career. I like, I saw all the the crazy highlight throws he'd make. But my biggest gripe with him was like he had got off to Texas Tech, and he would. I in my mind, I had this. I I was buying into a narrative that he tried. Like he does still try to do too much, but. Like he would turn the ball over too much, and then I looked at it. Student had forty plus touchdowns and only ten interceptions this senior season at Texas Tech. Yeah. basically the numbers he's putting up now. But I had this like narrative in my mind. I'm like, well, he doesn't take care of the ball. But like, wait a minute, I look at the numbers. He actually does take care of the ball. You would think he didn't though. Like the, like, way, he the way he plays, it's like yeah. there's no way this kid takes care of the ball. But then you look at the numbers, it's like, wait a minute. He's basically putting up the same numbers that he did at Texas Tech that, he, that he's doing right now, and it's like I didn't I didn't see that coming. Which is why I'm convinced that had he played last year, I think you guys would have won the Super Bowl, man. I really think that. There was a report that came out that like when the Chiefs were losing all those games, those six games that they lost, like there was a report that came out that like they would legitimately consider starting Patrick Mahomes because Andy and that staff was convinced that he had mentally and physically progressed far enough to earn the start. He did. He did, man. I think it, we, it'd be a totally different ball game, dude. I think he's ready. Like, he's, he's ready to take the league by storm, man. And it's and to be honest, like, Casey's never really gotten that. Everyone's on the – even me, dude. Like, I joke about it, but I don't think they're going to be one and done in the playoffs this year because I, I, I don't see any team that can really match up with them unless they play the Chargers again. But – I, mean, I, I still don't see the Chargers. Part of the problem with the Chiefs today, part of their problem was they didn't, they didn't have the ball. They had four possessions. They had eight possessions total all day. Chiefs will play at this insane up-and-down pace. They, their defense couldn't get off the field, and the offense, well, they could stay on the field, but they just didn't have the ball. And the Chiefs are a team that they want, they want, to, play, they want to play at a really fast pace. But when right. the defense can't get off the field, and even though the team stays, even the offense stays on the field, but it was kind of one of those games where it kind of felt like they had to score on every possession. Otherwise, in the back of your mind, you're like, nah, I'm not really comfortable with this 14 point lead because I really wasn't comfortable with the 14 point lead. I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not liking where we're sitting. One, because we're not getting the ball back on when the defense isn't getting off the field, and two, if we're not scoring on offense, I'm like, ah, no, I'm kind of nervous. You had eight possessions. They had eight possessions. They scored four touchdowns. Yeah, and they're getting. They usually get eleven or so, eleven plus possessions a game. Yeah, that's a good. I, I had no idea about that. Like, they did a good. The Chargers did a good job, I think, of playing keep away because they knew they were not. They're not trying to get their asses torn up, man. <laughs> they knew, and the two backs that they had running the football, I think, did a good job of kind of sort of being a duct tape to the offense of the of the Chargers. I mean, Melvin Gordon wasn't going to play, nor was Austin Eckler. But I think now that now that you see what they have, I mean, I think they're even more deadly with their back-by-committee approach. Now, so Spencer Ware's out. So who's playing? Who are the running backs for the Chiefs? I know it's Williams. And what happened to Charkandrick West? Uh, Charkandrick West was – when he was signed, he's more of a – a familiar, he's a familiar face. He knows the offense. Like you don't have to teach somebody else the entire because he already knows it. And oh, sorry. it is basically so. 
you don't have to teach somebody else the playbook. And and the, honestly, Charkhanjic West is actually really good in pass pro. Yeah, um, no. But I mean, you have Damian Williams and Darrell Williams who are good in their own right, and the Chiefs feel comfortable. If they need to trade, they need to. If Charkhanjic West needs to go out there, they have no problem putting him out there. It's just the fact that they don't really need him. They just need a body, and you have a familiar face. Yeah, he is really good at pass pro. Uh, he, he's got a lot of a lot of pretty good cleanup blocks that I've seen, man. Uh, but not like the who, who was the dude that knocked over? Because um, I hate the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was it the uh, what's that fool's name? Who who was the dude that Tariq Cohen put that nasty block on, dude? Oh, Dante Fowler. Yeah, dude, that was amazing. That was amazing. Just, Nobody saw that coming. No, it's. I don't know. Everybody likes it. It's like it's, it's how leverage works. Yeah, like <laughs> the a laws of physics. Life. It's uh, a yeah. Tariq Cohen just obeyed the laws of physics. Like, like, he literally just, just went up. And I remember, I think Maurice Jones Drew hit Sean Merriman with that a long time ago, dude. And, like he Maurice Jones Drew was literally a walking bowling ball. That's true. Like think of the heaviest bowling ball you can pick up, and that's Maurice Jones Drew in a human body. Oh, man, it, it sucks that his career didn't pan out the way I thought. I mean, he had a great career, but I just wish they would have played for a contender. Like, how he ended up with Oakland, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I hate Oakland, but, like, that's <laughs> – You know, I never wanted to play like Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Oh, had all those great years in oh, Green Bay, and it's like, oh, dude, you could have picked anywhere other than Oakland to – if, if this is you're gonna be the last year a couple of years, I don't know what he's gonna do. But like if this yeah. is gonna be your last couple of years, like why'd you pick Oakland, dude? Yeah, why not the Patriots? Like I think Bill Belichick has a hard on for like six foot white wide receivers, dude. Like he's got a tight. <laughs> for some reason, Jordy Nelson was not his tight man. I don't I don't know what it is. I think he would have benefited with them much more. But you need those sneaky athletic white guys. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah, you 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 can see his route running coming a mile away, dude. But he's just got hands, uh, and I, you know, I'm I'm still a little. I'm st- I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch this game again tonight, though, or not tonight, but probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. I'm I'm off tomorrow, but uh, I'm gonna rewatch the game because I you know I'm working where I work. We're not gonna say where I work, but you know where I work, and you know the struggles yeah. of having to close. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know all about that. That's why I had to get out. <laughs> dude you like I'm, I'm i literally i remember i'm trying to close and actually i mostly got out because um our regional manager was the worst oh yeah well, or not regional district manager was god the worst i could I, I honestly couldn't do it and then it turns out everybody left after i left because for the same reasons that i left mostly because oh. i couldn't they wouldn't give me a raise it's not and the same I, come to find out nobody else could nobody else would get a raise after I just got my raise, uh, I, and I've been there. I've been with them for a long time, dude. So I got one raise. I got one raise, and then one? yeah, I got one raise. It was a whole dollar raise, but <laughs> same here, dude. Like, I mean, if you guys like, you guys know economics. Like a whole dollar raise, like it makes a difference on your paycheck. But in the in the whole, I was there from my senior year of high school up until last summer well it was the last summer not last summer the summer before last so 2016 i was here for a whole four and a half five years and only got one raise 
Yeah. Well, I, and when I really, A, needed that raise and B, deserved that raise, they wouldn't give it to me. And I was like, I'm done. And then you got to sit home, watch the, you know, and it's like you got people that come in and I'm trying to watch the game. You know, they come in, they ask me all these questions. And I'm like, God, just go away. That's what I hated. The, that's what I hated the most. Like, I need you to understand <laughs> that I have to work, but I'm also trying to be a fan. Like, help me help you. Like, we can, I can help you, but I don't need you playing 20 questions with me. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't, and Wait I don't till commercial talk. break. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about your obsession with the items that we have and in, in, in where we where I work. Like, that, that, that right there, because I missed a good what time? Well, so I, I had to turn it off at about halftime. By the time I got done closing, I made it home, and it was like 14 minutes in the fourth quarter. I'm like, dude, how much did I miss? Like, what? I was like, I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I, used to, I used to do it all the time. And that was probably, probably, probably why I got so many compl- Actually, most of my complaints were filed against me because – I, apparently, I have a resting bitch face, basically. The male version of a resting bitch face. <laughs> and, a re- and the basically the male version of a resting bitch voice. So, like, when they would ask me questions, they would file complaints because they felt like I was being an asshole when I'd answer questions. Like, I'm just being me, and I'd answer questions as respectfully as I can. Like, I, you know, trying to be that good customer service guy. But, like, they take it as I'm being an asshole, and I'm like... What do you want me to do? I don't, I, you know, and I don't, I don't get that about customer service. It's like, I'm helping you. But do I have to, like, dance and help you? Like, what do I have to do? Like, exactly. You want me to jump through hoops like I'm a fucking dolphin? I got to jump through hoops. Like, <laughs> I jump through enough hoops, like, when, they, when I got to – when you want me to get them – when you repeatedly ask me to get stuff off the top shelf that I have to go get the ladder for, and I do it with a smile on my face or at least half a smile on my face. Then you okay. stick me up there seven times for you to not buy anything. Oh, I love that. I love it. It's I love like, that. Come on, dude. Seriously. I love that. I wish, I wish people would understand. Like, the people that come in and, like, make life hard for retail workers, I wish oh, yeah. they would, like, have to spend a day. Or at least we could treat them the way they treat us. Oh, well, well I mean, at this point, you know, thank God. Like, I have, a, I have a group of people that I work with now that I, I love them, man. Like, they're all cool. Like, they're mad cool. That's all that's really keeping me there. But other than that, it's like, you ever just, like, see people that come in and you're just like, oh, this is, this is going to be a good you had your reg- You had your regulars that came in. It's oh, like, man. <laughs> oh, man, they come in, dude. And, like, oh, like, you got kids. Oh, I love when the kids come in. That's a, and I say love in quotes. Love when that happens, man. Oh, God. It's, it's the worst. So that, that's it's what I had to deal with tonight. I had to deal with that tonight. So I'm trying to watch the, I'm watching the game. I'm looking up, looking around. You know, people come in and they're asking me questions. I need to order this online. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, I'm really, my phone's on 38%. My charger doesn't work. So now I have to try to like toggle with my charger in the back. It was just, it was just, it was, it was terrible, man. <laughs> it was a terrible night to say the least. But that's why I got out of retail. God. Even though I I can use my phone, I use I I can only use my phone less than what I could when I worked at the other place. True, true, true. But I, I still, I'm not sure where you work now, but like I mean, I don't know. I don't really take my phone out that often, but I only do it like when everybody else does. I'm not like, oh, let me come in like I own the place. Like no, I was like, if I see oh, yeah, you, exactly. I'm a you. I'm doing it. No, I yeah. work. I work with kids now. And it's like. They're a pain in the ass sometimes, but some of oh, the kids, dude. they're cool. So 
you take your you take your eyes off the kid, man. You turn around and eat a Tide Pod, man. You don't know what the hell these kids are trying to do nowadays, man. It's <laughs> like ridiculous. Like, like I like at this point, like you got the regulars. I basically know all like the kid. Well, from the time frames that I'm at work, I basically know all the kids that come in. And I got these like there's these two kids that live by me. Obviously, not gonna say their names. Yeah, yeah. These two yeah. kids, two kids that live. They live in my neighborhood, so they know where I live, and I see them at work all the time. And the older one, he's, he's, God, dude, he's such a bully. It's like, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot how much kids were bullies. <laughs> were you ever bullied? I, when I was in junior, elementary school, junior high, I was bullied. Damn, for real? I'm talking, I'm talking the kind of bullying that you saw on the TV. I'm talking like shoved in the locker, not into lockers, but like, not inside lockers, but like into lockers. Like, it. Just dude, I I had it all. Now when I got to high school, I was picked on per se because I was still like barely. No, I was still shorter than six feet tall. What? So like I was I was still like picked on per se, but like I I figured out how to work a crowd when I got to high school. Okay, that helps. That helps. That helps, man. And the best way to be a bully, dude. I mean, you don't have to beat them up, but if you can roast them, dude. Oh. Dude, I, yeah. you make him look stupid. Oh, right, dude, it's. I was never bullied. I was fortunate enough to not be bullied because, but I've seen kids get bullied. I, I had the junior junior high and elementary school. I had it bad. It was. I hated every second of junior high because I hated everybody I went to school with. And you know what the worst part was? Was that I, mean, I was looking at my, <laughs> I was looking at my time hoppy. You remember that kid that got bullied and that had this this giant GoFundMe and he got a shit ton of money. But yeah. then it turned out like he was he was a racist and his mom was a racist. Yeah. I found this tweet on my time hop and it was like, damn, Doug, this kid is saying the N-word and bullying other kids. But when he gets bullied, he gets all this money. My like, where was my sympathy and my money when I was getting bullied and everybody else was just standing around watching and laughing? Damn, man. I had I bad. My senior year, my it was the summer of my senior year that I was shot from like five ten to six two. Oh, so it just stopped. <laughs> it's it stopped. I had one. I had the ability to work a crowd, and two, I finally got above six foot. <laughs> dude, what, dude? That's all. Of the, so if you you get made fun of for being the like above average height in America. When I was in high school, the problem was I was shorter than six foot, so I couldn't really like physically. I am not intimidating to anybody. Five ten. But then I got as tall or taller than everybody else, and it's like, okay, well, we we can mentally we can mentally roast him, which anybody can say. You gotta be like, sometimes you gotta be mentally strong to take some roasts. But I mean, it it, it turned into I can't physically mess with this kid, but I can, we can have our roast sessions or whatever. I don't know how they do it out there in Olathe, man. I can't tell you. I, you couldn't roast anybody for being five ten, like because like that's like the a national above average height. The, wow. Exactly. That's the best part too. Like the, the national average height for men is like five nine to, to barely six. You got men that aren't even like five eight. And they're like, what? <laughs> dude, that is that is I couldn't go to school in Olathe, man. I am sorry, dude. Like that's that's not no offense to Olathe public schools, man. But if right. I get roasted, I'm not even six foot now. Like I'm five eleven and like a half. Dude, and part of the problem too was that I went to Lake the East and we had a very diverse uh, subgroup of people. So, like, you had people from all 
walks of life, basically. So the crew that I hung out with, it was, I hung out with basically all the black people, but like they were suburban kids like me. But the, the kids that I hung out with, they also hung out with the kids that are, you know, from base, not from the hood, but like, you know, they know how to, they know, they can work the streets or whatever. Right, right, right. So I didn't hang out with those kids, the kids from the streets, but my friends did. So like they had the best of both worlds, but I didn't. So I was just like, I'm a, once again, I got to work that crowd. Yeah. Being a suburban black kid is never fun, man. Especially it's, when you, when you're a suburban black kid and you move to the, like, and you have the mind of a suburban person and you move to a white school then they have these expectations that like i was with white i was i went to school with white people my entire life yeah same here well in, in elementary school i didn't but then once i moved and i went to liberty like i tried to fit in and i wore like baggy jeans so i'm going from <laughs> i'm going from one school then i go to this next school where it's like they're wearing polos and i've never heard of aeropostale never heard of hollister yeah, none of that dude and like they were like what are uh, oh, yeah, i think i used to wear like fat farm jeans dude like it was weird man like the the transition th- that i had to go through was insane and then i didn't even like white girls like i was taught to not like white not like by my mom but like my peers would be like don't leave that white girl alone. So now that's all I'm surrounded by. I'm like, I kind of like these girls. They're pretty exactly. cool. Exactly. But then I'm like, <laughs> my entire life I've been surrounded by white people uh, <laughs> and white girls. And so it's like, my aunt is like one of those people that's like, you shouldn't. Let's just say such a you shouldn't. But like, she's not. She's not on board with you know, dating white people like throughout your entire life. I said, I told her, I was like, I have no problem with black girls. Yeah, me. But the ones that I've met aren't for me. So therein lies the problem. I haven't met one for me. And and the white girls that I've dated have been more compatible with me. So. That's true. And and I I do think that, look at this, we're going on like a whole other tangent, man. This is dope. (laughs) (laughs) We went from football to this. Uh, it's true. It's, it's, this is on some Joe Rogan shit, man. It's amazing. Uh, now I will say this: like, I was never like I never appealed to like a lot of like sisters, man. I never really did, but like, I never really appealed to white women. But once I moved, then that's when it was like, wait a minute. I just said one word, and she's laughing. I'm like, oh, I got her now. Like that's how I knew. Like it's over. Even when I go out to this day, like. You, if you go out and you know a song, like a rap song, and you sing it, like, to her, oh, man, it's, dude, it's, it's easy, man. My girlfriend, my girlfriend now, she's not like that, so, I mean, I kind of, I guess I kind of find it from, like, the, one of the few ones that, are, like, aren't easily impressed by just being black. <laughs> I guess one of the fact that she's black, but, like, when I was single, I got to go to Lawrence and stuff, it wasn't hard. Oh, dude, no. If you look, you go out there and you hit the little, oh, what's the little dance that they be doing? The little, they go like this, they, uh, they uh, yeah. do that. Oh, dude, I went out to Lawrence one time and I think Perry Ellis, Kelly Oubre, they were all there, bro. And I, I was working the crowd that night. Well, I, I can't, I can't, you, I, like, I, I have been, I have been to Tonic or Brothers with Kelly Oubre in presence on multiple occasions. You can't do it. Do not, if you ever see Kelly Oubre, do not go to the club with him because his, like, just his looks 
it will ruin the whole thing for you. No <laughs> girl will want to talk to you because they see Kelly Oubre in the corner and it's like, oh, Kelly, you can't compete with Kelly as far as looks go. As far as looks go, no. you like you. I'm no homo here. Like Kelly Oubre is like as fine as it gets. Like <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so mad. It's like. Like I look at Kelly Oubre, like you, I even look at like you even look at the pictures, like when he's in a fucking basketball game, and it's like, damn, dog, I can see why he be pulling so many bitches. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, I've been I've I've been, I've been in the same club as Kelly multiple occasions. Don't just don't, dude. dude I couldn't even get to him because all get the girls away. Were like the, the girls were like going to him, like and I think exactly my point. Like, they went to him. Like, I was talking to this girl, and she goes, hold on, I'll be right back. So I was like, all right. So I'm sitting there chilling, man. I'm at the bar. I'm waiting for, like, 10 minutes. She never sh- – I turn around, and there I see Kelly Oubre chilling in the corner, man, talking to this chick. And Wayne Seldon was there. Uh, Wayne Seldon the same way, too. Yeah. But Because Wayne Seldon has – like, black people got brown eyes, but his eyes are, like, the lightest brown you can get. Like, hazel. So, Exactly. So, like, when that light touches his eyes, it's like and he look at that. And he look at that girl, and that light touches his eye. It's a wrap, dude. It, it, yeah, it was. It was very. Yeah, I, I, but that night, but I, I had an edge because number one, I could dance, and number two, like, I knew certain rap songs. So this had to have been. This was probably in about two thousand fourteen, fifteen, man. Well, about twenty fifteen is when I went there. That's the last time I was there. And I'm trying to think of the songs that were coming out at that time, but. Like, I knew all the words. And it's just like you sit there, that's like you're in a rap video, man. Like, you know everything. <laughs> and, they, and they're sitting there, and, you know, the girls are like, yeah, you know, they, they, they knew. But, yeah, it, especially, I'm not sure if you go out, man, but like, me and my friends, we, just go to, we go to Westport, and it's the same thing every, every time. Like, I can point I, out, and I'm like, you what? I ain't going to Westport. I've, I've promised myself what? I will never step foot in Westport. Here's the problem. Go because ahead. every time, my friends or somebody asked me to go to Westport. I say no because when I wake up the next morning, mm. somebody got shot. I mm-hmm. promise you, every single time. My brother, I have an older brother. He came down to KC and he's like, um, it was for his birthday. I'm pretty sure it was for his birthday or whatever. But he came down and he was like, hey, I'm going to Westport. You want to come? I'm like, nah, dog, that's you. That's all you. Because <laughs> he was going, he was going with a couple of his friends anyway. So I was like, "No, dog, that's all you." He comes back. I was like, "I was like, just do, just whatever you do. Don't get shot. Like, stay out of that. Stay out of that stuff." I, I shit you not. The very next morning, two people were. The news come on. Two people got shot in Westport. Uh, it depends on when you leave, though. Like, you got to leave at a certain time. If you're not, my you motto know. for Westport is: they don't have last call. They just wait for somebody to start shooting the place up. hey look they yeah you just gotta know when to get out man like because here's the thing i've never understood after you leave a club just hanging out in the parking lot like i've never understood nothing nothing they do like like they hang out man and i look i kid you not back in the day when they got johnny calls there now gust it was gusto's and gusto's was really dark and I seen a girl walking up, like she was walking up, she was doing something, right? And I seen a hand reach out from the shadows, bro. I was drunk. I seen a hand reach out from the shadows and grab her and pull her in, bro. I was like, what was what? that? Yes, on. dude. It was the craziest. <laughs> dude, it was crazy. Craziest thing. So, like, 
But then this happened at like 2.30. You know, everything closes at about, at about 2. So exactly. you got, yeah, and I have no reason. Like, if, if I'm not getting no play, dude, I, I, I usually leave at around 1 o'clock. And you can tell when you're not getting no play anyway. So, like, I'm out. Yeah. Well, the, the craziest one I ran into, like, I was in Lawrence one time. It was cold as shit this night. Like, it was like, I'm yeah. talking 20, I'm talking 20 degrees or less. Uh, we was out. And this is one. This is one of those nights where we out later than I. I didn't drive, so I couldn't go home whenever I want. So we was out to like three o'clock in the morning. We was at this pizza place in Lawrence, right across from uh, the Hawk. And so we was getting the pizza. We was out there. We was talking to this girl, and all of a sudden, this dude comes up to her, puts his arm around her, and but it, but like she knew who he was. So we was like, all right, cool, whatever. He's talking to him. Yada yada. I was like, all right. I was like, I'm about to go get in the car because it's cold as a motherfucker. So I'm getting in the car. Whenever y'all come, y'all, 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 we, can leave, we can leave. As I'm yeah. getting in the car, I'm sitting there watching this whole thing, and then some other dude comes up to her, and like, I don't think she knew. I don't think she knew this other guy. I'm like, okay, well that's weird. But this girl was drunk as this girl was about to pass the fuck out on the side of the street. She was so drunk, and like as we're leaving, they like, were on the car just like sitting there eating our pizza. Yeah. As we're leaving, like these two dudes are basically like dragging her through the parking lot, and I didn't. They weren't walking towards the car, so I was like, "Is it? Am, am I watching like a Law and Order episode? Like, do we need to? Like, do we need to do something, dude?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, I thought I'd go to my friends. Like, do we need to do something? But like, that don't look right. And that girl was like, "If you're listening to this podcast, I hope." Hope nothing happened to you that night, cause uh, <laughs> them dudes was suspect as hell. You know, it was in Friday, it was in frat boys, so it's like all the red, all the red boys start going off. <laughs> you got look. You can't like you know, like I said, man. And we're in the era of the Me Too movement now, so it's just kind of like I'm like, dude. I'm not trying to mess with that, man. I do drunk chicks. I try to avoid them all, man. I, I really do. And they get sloppy, man. Like it's it's just like hey, not a good look. I'm, and it's like I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to find a wife out here. I, I was. Now I'm like, nah. I much rather go to like produce at Target or something, man. And two. Hey, you find a girl in the fucking yeah, in the fucking shampoo aisle. Oh, dude! Like trying to like relate to the shampoo she uses. Like she's using like Head and Shoulders, and I'm like, I have to use like Shea Butter. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I got lucky with my girl, and I'm like, okay. I'm Where'd you meet your girl at? Well, my my girlfriend, I work with her best friend, so she kind of set us up. What, dude? My female friends can't. My female friends are terrible, like wing women. They're, they're really bad. So here's the thing: I got lucky because I was hurt because I fucked up. This I was talking to this other girl, and I, I fucked that up, and I was like, I was just kind of just chilling. She's like, oh, my friend wants to meet you. And I was like, all right, cool. And then we kind of just stuck, kept hanging out. Dang, man. See, my problem is I get stuck like – I used to get stuck in the friend zone. Now it's just like oh, – High school. The story of my life in high school. But now, Okay, okay, okay. So you got – all right, so friend zone. Did you put yourself in the friend zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, that, that was my problem. Like mm-hmm. I put myself in there. And then they were all like – I had, once we graduated high school, it was always, always like, you know, if you'd have, like, made that move or, you know, said something, 
Yeah. It would have been, been all different. It could have been different. I'm like, there was one time I was like, this is a couple of years ago. I was looking back at like, I was still in a time hop and I was looking back and I'm like, this girl like posted on my wall or something. It was like one of the, this is back when Facebook had those truth is statuses. Everybody does those truth is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like, one of the one of the girls posted on my. She's like, truth is, she's like, um, truth is, like you're really cute. We argue about you know Red Sox Yankees, but like if you like if you like truth is you said something like could be different. I was like, I about threw my damn phone against the wall. <laughs> I was mad as hell, dude. I, I hated myself for that, man. I was in an incident, not an incident, but like there was a girl that was talking to like a guy that I knew from high school, but she always wanted to hang out like with me. So I was like, oh, no, no, you have a boyfriend. You have a boyfriend. I wouldn't do that. She's like, oh, it's okay. It's all good. And she was, and she was with it, man. And she's like, you were supposed to study. And she's like, yeah, just come over. I'm like, all right. Oh, what about your boy? I was always worried about the boyfriend, dude. Like, and she's like, we're, we're not really like, we're just kind of talking. And I'm trying to be the good guy. You know what I'm saying? I watched a lot of Degrassi growing up. So oh, I was like, God. I want to be the good guy. Dude, oh, she was, she, was, she was with it, man. She was definitely with it. I, and I put myself in the friend zone. Like, I used to get nervous. I'd be like. Oh no, I, I can't hang out with you. Oh, how about I? How about I invite my friend? Yeah, let's, let's invite. Let's invite Tony. Let's invite him over. The girl's like, but I invited you. I'm like, no, 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 no. He can come too. That's my homeboy, man. I shot myself in the foot, man, and, and, and I, I pay for it to this day. And like, cause all the girls I had crushes on that liked me, they're all married. Like, <laughs> it's it's over. It's over. It's all right. Like, until they get divorced, man. Like, divorce exactly. rates are going up, 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 up. Exactly. So I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, I got a five-year window, man. I'm waiting for my opportunity to strike. You can be like, hey, remember back in the day when? <laughs> <laughs> the issue was crazy because, like, I remember there was one time I went to a washroom. For, we used to go to all these parties or whatever. We went to a Halloween party once. Yeah. And I was like, like, we, we used to go to all these parties. And, like, when I, when I got to college, I was like, when I go to these parties, I'm going to put my, you know, like, I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. But, like, we're trying to be more assertive or like, you know, try and be the face of the room. I was like one of those people that try to be the face of the room, even though that's not the way to go. But so like we would do like have these games, we'd have if like we, we used to play like uh strip beer pong. And I'd be oh, like shit. I'm like, I'm getting in the middle of that. There was one <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It was not gonna lie. There was one night like I was so hot. Like I I never lost on the table. Like I was so hot. Like when we came in with strip beer pong, I was like, that's all me. But I tell you, this girl never had a chance. <laughs> but boy, it was his house. He had to shut the whole thing down because I wasn't missing. He's like, no, she's not. She's not. Getting, she's not losing everything because she was about to lose everything. <laughs> I promise you, dude. I was hot that night. You want? You want nothing to me? I. I was like, I had. She had. She had. She had the fake tits too. So like Ooh. back then, I was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get those. We get those. You come here. <laughs> oh. She she volunteered to play, so I was like, "Hey, you volunteer to play? You know I'm hot tonight. I ain't showing no mercy." <laughs> but we had this. There's this one party we went to, and like it was one of those nights. Like I finally like I, after it was in the first semester. We was at the end of semester towards the end of the semester. I was like, "Damn, I ain't got no play all semester. I mean, we need to come up with something." Yeah, Halloween party. Uh, we uh, we we, you know, playing beer pong, or whatever. It was just a regular night. I finally hit it off with this girl. We go up to we go up to his room, like we in the room by ourselves. You yeah. know, it was it was about to, it was about to happen. 
all of a sudden, my boy come knock on the room. Like, he's just knock, 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 knock at first. I'm like, door is locked. I don't care. Like, I ain't answering the door. And then my boy is like, boom, 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 boom. He's like, Trey, I know you in there. Open up, bro. I was like, I was like, all right, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Go open the door. I, like, crack the door open. Like, my pants, like, on my ankles or whatever. <laughs> I, like, lean my head out the door. He's like, I'm like, bro, like, dog, you saw me leave this girl. Like, what you need? He's like, bro, niggas out here trying to, the niggas out here acting crazy. Like, they fighting and everything. I was like, and this, like, this is my boy. Like, we just roommates and everything. So, I was like, damn, niggas out here fighting. And I went to Washburn. So, it's a bunch, like, it's a bunch of rednecks. You don't know what, you don't know what the kind of shit they about to get into. Right, right, um, right. I was like, oh, I got to get out there for my boy. I threw my pants on because I was like, stay right there. Uh, I come outside. There's a hole in the wall. I co- uh, as soon as I walk out the room, goddamn hole in the wall right next to the kitchen. I go outside. My other boy had his back window and his truck busted out. I'm like, what the fuck happened out here, dude? And then, like, he was, like, about to fight. I was like, hey, if y'all want to get these, y'all want to get this work, y'all can get this work. It is, they they left my boy like the other people that do that on the house. He got him to leave or whatever. But like we was really about to fuck these dudes up because I walk out. If I walk outside, I see a fucking hole in the wall in the kitchen. It's not even my house; it's my friend's house. I walk outside, I see a fucking hole in the wall in the kitchen, and somebody else's back window on their truck busted out. I'm like, all right, somebody about to get this work. We clear. We defuse all that. That takes like 15 minutes. I go back to the room. This bitch gone, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh, Trey! Damn it, Trey! I promise you, this is gone, <laughs> And I go to the room next door because one of my other buddies, he was with her friend, and they was about they was do. I guess they was about to do their thing. I go over there, I lock on the door. I'm like, "Hey, where uh, where did this girl go?" And his girl was gone too. I guess she like walked in like, "Hey, let's go. I gotta go." Man. I was like, "Oh, I ain't got no play all semester, and like this shit happens." There's, you know, there's, there's nothing like the feeling <laughs> of having your homeboys back and then fighting, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I got." That's like, that's like being hungry, right? That's like doing something you're hungry, and you got some leftovers in the fridge, but then somebody ate your leftovers. That's what. Oh, it- <laughs> like, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was mad as fuck for like the next like the next twenty four hours. The only reason I like, the only reason I wasn't mad for longest because the Chiefs played the next day, and I was just worried about that. <laughs> I, go back, I go back out there, and I was like, "Bro, fuck you!" <laughs> I had that like it was in the bag, and I gotta come out here and take <laughs> look these fucking hooligans for with your ass. It was it was in the bag. But then someone took it out the bag and they ate it, bro. That's what <laughs> bro, up, I was so mad. You got you got bamboo. Look, man, you got bamboos. That I, I don't fight for my homeboys. Like I, I do, but like or I would, but nah, nah. If this I, dude wasn't my roommate, like the dude I hung out with like every day of the semester, I promise you, I would not give a fuck at all. But it was my bae, it was my roommate, my dude I hung out with every day, like literally every day. You should have you should have done some whole shit. Like you should have. You should be, all right, I'll be out there in a minute. And you should have, like, walked out and then walked right back upstairs. That's what you should have did, man. man and he would have understood. Part of my problem, too, was, like, I got to college and I was like, yo, niggas want to fight. We can fight. <laughs> I was ready. Because remember, like I said, like, my senior year, like, I got up to 6'2". 
And I was like, I could physically, I could kind of like, I wasn't like big and bulky like some of the, like some of these, but like I'm six two and my reach is longer than you, so I can like physically impose some people. Like right, right. So I was like, I was like, we're gonna put this to the test. Niggas want to fight? Like, we can fight. <laughs> I was ready for it. Man, so oh man, you 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 lost in the end, man. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> That so not only, did, uh, not only did we not fight anybody, but the, the, uh, almost, I, I, I fought. Damn, man. Imagine, so imagine if you did fight and, like, you get socked in the face. But it's like, you're like, oh, man, my eyes messed up. But old girl will still love me, though, right? Well, here's the he best part, too. Here's the best part, too. My boy, he was like, this dude was big as fuck. This dude had muscles on top of muscles and everything. Yeah. So I know if I get hit, I got the Hulk behind me. So <laughs> it don't matter. Ooh, that's ah, – look, man, I could go on and on and on and on about just my awkward life experiences, man. Uh, actually, it, it, it's 105. I have to be up in like five – about five hours. But it's, it's all good, though. This is definitely worth it, man. So – and, it, and I, I know I, we went on a whole other tangent, man. And I don't care. I'm still gonna post this anyway. I really oh, yeah, don't care. Oh, yeah, definitely post. Yeah, I'm still posting this because we this is solid content, man. Any any lasting words, man, or any you know words of encouragement for Chiefs fans, man, that are distraught and hurt and they're losing sleep over this. By the way, I know a lot of them. People are losing sleep, and they forget the fact that one, the Chiefs are 11 and three. Two, yeah. they still own the number one seed in the AFC. True. Three. If they take care of business and win their last two games, they still get the number one seed. And four, we have Patrick Mahomes. 31 other teams don't. It's not that deep. Oh, look, like I said, Eagles are six and seven, bro. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so I'm all, I'm all, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And real quick, what is it you said? Uh, Give the name of your podcast as well, man, so people can know. Oh, yeah. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on the Today with Trey podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at TrayTheDay23, or you can follow my podcast Twitter at Today with Trey. We always looking for more content. We are our motto is for the fans, by the fans. You guys make the show for us. Mailbag questions, topics, the whole lot. So my show is my show is predicated to the fans. Damn, you got you got a motto, man. That's wild, bro. I don't even have that. Oh yeah, dude. I'm going through a whole 2019 rebrand. I'm getting, we're getting a new name. Uh, as soon as we figure it out. We get a motto, we get intro music, uh, new logo. Oh, yeah, 2019 is the rebrand. Damn. What's that Dr. Dre album called, The Re-Up? The re <laughs> Look, I'm still waiting for the detox, and I'm not, I, we're never going to get that. So <laughs> You and everybody else. Yeah, we're never going to get the detox. <laughs> I watched, I, see, I watched, I watched that, uh, you seen uh, that, uh, like, that four-part documentary with Jimmy Ilova. Uh oh, I mean no 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 I didn't see, I don't I don't have, I think it's on HBO I think yeah, it's on HBO you can go yeah, I, uh, I cannot I, I the it's like the something ones um, is it on YouTube you can probably find it on YouTube too uh, the Defiant ones that's what it is it's the Def, I'm pretty sure it's called the Defiant ones it's like four part documentaries Jimmy Iolova Dr Dre Eminem it's basically Jimmy Iolova but he ran Interscope with Dr Dre Eminem uh Snoop Dogg all that yeah. Thing you know about Dr. Trey Eminem, everybody? Jimmy Iolova, he's the, he's the mastermind behind that. Watch yeah, that documentary, yeah, dude. And, bro, there was some shit in there that was like, damn. Like, you talking like some, like, Illuminati stuff? Or what you mean? 
No. It was just like this is like stuff you like didn't know about their careers. Like that dude, I got I'm wearing these beats right now. Like they literally literally they came up with the idea because Jimmy and Dr. Dre basically lived on the same beachfront. Jimmy walked over to Dr. Dre's house and was like, We need to come up with something to do better, like something better. And he's like, Let's do headphones. And before you know, they had beats. And then Apple Music, we don't get Apple Music if Dr. Dre and Jimmy don't create Beats Radio. Damn. Well, you know, I'm more of a Spotify guy, to be honest, man. I've, I've, Apple Music's kind of let me down a lot, <laughs> to, to, to say the least, man. I, I'm not going to lie. They have, uh, let me see here. Games 109. What do I do? Uh, hit this right here. All right. Oh, wait, hold that thought. I didn't grab my laptop charger before I get before I, my computer die. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, that's, I, didn't, I didn't go get mine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, let me get mine. Um, yeah, yeah. So before I sign off, man, yeah, you can go get yours, man. Oh. oh man, finally out, man. But this is a collab that I've been waiting to happen for a while. Of course, there's gonna be more collabs, no doubt about it. Hopefully, much at one in the morning on on a uh, work day. But that's I'm used to this. Like I said, I'm used to getting about like five to like six hours of sleep a night. At, at like tops, even on weekends when I don't work, it's weird. Uh, oh yeah, dude, I'm there with you. I mean, I'm used to it, man. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm getting older, man. And it's like I don't feel like the effects. But anyways, anything else you want to say, Trey, man, or anything, anything related, or uh, you know, like I said, just shout, like, I'm glad that you're doing a rebrand, man. That's good. I need to rebrand myself. Uh, I have to figure out what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to do too much with what I with whether it's sports or like like report on like stuff. I'm doing a lot. The biggest thing about my podcast, I got a, I, for one, I got a co-host. Because honestly, I didn't know where I was going with my podcast. I re- really didn't know where I was going. But then I got a, co- got a co-host and like, you know, they always say two minds are greater than one. Uh, so basically what we decided was whenever in the beginning we had just sports, but then we decided like there are way too many sports podcasts and anybody can do sports. Yeah. We need to we we decided we didn't mix it up so part of our show like part of our show is dedicated to basically we will search the timeline like the trending sections on twitter or whatever and find a non-sports related story and put that in there yeah that's what i do too man like it's like but we don't know i don't i don't allow politics on my show whatsoever so politics i just allow like the weird things in politics that allow that, like, like the Stormy Daniels and Trump thing. Like, I, I thought that was hilarious. I can't, I can't, I can't. We, <laughs> politics is a no go on my show. So, we had, but yeah, like, we had like the, the story about Lindsay Lohan. She's got her new TV show coming out on MTV. Yeah. Um, yeah. some dude had a baby shot, uh, a gender reveal that ended up costing him $8.2 million. Well, it didn't cost him 8.2, it cost the city $8.2 million. <laughs> this shit was wild. What kind of what kind of gender reveal? Oh, okay, all right. Shit, but dude, like basically, this was in Arizona last year. Basically, what happened is she was, ba- I think, it was a border patrol agent or something like that, um, having his gender reveal, and yeah. he wanted his thing to be like something explosive. So his gender reveal thing was mixed with like an explosive powder or whatever. So like when he shot it, it blew up, and it caused a ginormous uh 
forest fire. Not like Arizona does forest, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, God. It caused a, a, it burned like 72 acres of land. And then it cost the city $8.2 million. He ends up having to pay $220,000 in restitution because obviously the Border Patrol agent isn't paying $8.2 million. But yeah, he mm. got, just because of, just because he said, and he would, had to go to federal court and was charged with um, starting a fire without a without a permit. <laughs> you need a permit to start a fire. That's a, oh yeah, oh, a fire of that magnitude. Yeah, you need a yeah. you need a permit. Forest fire. forest fire. Yeah, that's because you know they do like forest burns. They do forest burns out about yeah. not forest burns, but like they do land burnings about right about where I live. They do it every yeah, fall. I always see them out, like, you know, El Dorado, Kansas. Like, I know it's mm-hmm. random, but, like, I see them out there. Like, they're they all the time. And it's a, con- it's, a, it's a controlled fire, so they just do it, make room for the new uh, crops or whatever. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. a common. It's not a common. The fact that it's just the fact that he didn't have a permit to do it, and he set the whole fucking thing ablaze, and it cost the city $8 million. That's an expensive baby, man. Uh, for all for that, I'd have to, I'd, I'd literally have to sock him in the face. Uh, no doubt about it. Oh, and I also, like, for the girl, I guess she didn't know about it. So, I mean, you can't really be mad. No, she knew. They oh, she, know, did? No, she knew. She knew what, was, what, 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 uh, what the plan was. It was just the way it was executed fucked everything up. <laughs> Technically, the plan was executed how they wanted to. They found out they had a boy. They just ended up with a whole bunch of extra shit. Uh, all right. All right.